Right. So we've been talking about challenging things, and, I, and I'm glad that people are still coming. That's good. Um, you know, last week we we talked very directly about uh, abortion and and uh, you know the, the the challenges and just how that has become a stronghold uh, in our society. We've been talking about negative strongholds and positive strongholds, and and how we try to find the truth from a biblical perspective as as we deal with that, right? And and it's a lot of times there aren't clear answers, and sometimes it, it's a little bit challenging, but it's something that is very important for us to do. Um, and today we're going to be talking about our identity. Um, and there's lots of, lots of conversations around that um, in, in our society today of, of who we are, what is our meaning, what is our purpose, um, and you know, how do we identify. And we all know that this gets to uh, the ideas of gender identity, uh, all of that. But today we're going to be very simple and very focused on a biblical view of where we find our identity, okay? And, and we all struggle with this. Um, we, we're all going to have, have challenges throughout our lives of, okay, who am I? What am I doing here, right? You know, and, and it's important to have a basic biblical understanding. One thing that I've always um, find interesting <laughs> is we're clearly not doing a good job of helping people find who they really are or their identity. Right? And, and one of the ways that I look at that and view that is if you look now at, uh, at societies that um, have prospered and are doing well, we're actually seeing increases. And this is before uh, 2020 and all the chaos of the pandemic and all of that. That's uh, heightened things, but it was happening before. There was already increases in unhappiness, um, uh, increase in anxiety. Um, that all that was that was increasing not only among young people. That's that's the easy one, right? Especially now, I think at 45, I'm officially in the the older uh, older person. And I know there's different levels of that, but uh, but <laughs> but you know, it's it's easy to just say, oh well, this is a young person problem. You know that that the, they're having. No, no, it's. It's, we're seeing it across the board. And what's interesting, if you take, if you just step back and, and without emotion or any preconceived ideas, if you look at the state of the world and compare it to historically, things are better and easier for people than they have ever been before. People are more prosperous economically across the board. This is an interesting one if you ask people, uh, is uh, global hunger, has it uh, increased or decreased over the last 30 years? A lot of people will say it's either increased or stayed the same. It has decreased by 70%. Like, I mean, it, the, the, uh, across the world, people have more. Now, it's still very, it varies. I'm not saying that it's perfect everywhere. But historically speaking, People have more, have access to more. Um, up until a couple of years ago, uh, crime, violent crime, was all on a downward trend. Like it, and this is it, this is hard for me to believe too, but it you, it, it is very true. Back in the eighties and nineties, 
it was much more dangerous as far as violent crime than it was in 2015. And, uh, and, 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 but because of the way we communicate and things like that, most of us felt that it was less safe, right? And, uh, and, and that, that leads to uh, some, some other issues there. But the important thing is that life is actually getting better and has been for people, but yet we're becoming less happy, more anxious, more struggling more to find what our purpose is. And it's kind of like, well, why is that? Right? I think anyone, whether you're coming at it from a point of faith or from a secular view, should say, something's wrong here, right? You know, this this doesn't this doesn't make sense. And so from a biblical view, I think it is vital for us to understand where our identity is found. And, and, and just looking at the, the basic foundations of our relationship with God. So today we're going to be talking about our identity in Christ. We're going to look at a few different uh, passages to try to get the, the big picture. Okay, So the first one, we're going to, going to start at a fairly reasonable place to start, the beginning. We're going to start in Genesis. So Genesis chapter 1, um, st- starting in verse 26, says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea, the birds and the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then in verse 31, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. All right, so... So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Blessed them, said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and over every living creature that moves. That is the basis, the starting point of who we are in Christ, of who we are in God. And it is it's vital that we understand this because if, if you don't, it, it's easy to, to misunderstand and to manipulate what we're going to talk about after this. So this is such an important foundational principle that the create and again, talk about being overwhelmed. I mean, think about what this means and what this passage is trying to convey to us. And you know, we've talked about this before, but Genesis chapter one is, it's not trying to convince us that the earth was made in six days. It was, it's, it's much bigger than that. It is talking about our relationship with God and how he is the creator and, and how he views us. And so this is such a powerful, powerful statement that the creator of the universe, the creator of all that we know, Right? Whenever think of the most beautiful place that you have seen, that you have just been overwhelmed when you've seen it. Whether it's Niagara Falls, whether it's the Grand Canyon, whatever it may be, 
that the one who created that created you in his image. Now, it's amazing that he created us. That's pretty cool. But he went another step and he created you in his image. There is something unique about us. And there's something unique about us and there's something unique about you. Right? And I love this because it, it, it celebrates what connects us all and it also celebrates the diversity within all of us. Right? So God created mankind. He created us in his image. He breathed his breath into us. So all of us are created in his image. This is the answer to, to so many of the issues that we face today. That at, That's the starting point. So we are all the same from that perspective. Right? None of, none, nothing else matters. Skin color doesn't matter. Ethnicity doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. None of that matters at the starting point is we are all created in the image of God. And that unites us. That brings us together. And it is vital for us to understand that. And so God didn't make a mistake when he made you. Right? God's creation isn't a mistake. Now we live in a fallen world. And sometimes we're born with physical flaws or you know, with genetic defects. Things like that are, are real. That's because we live in a fallen world. Right? But the, at the core of it is that God created us. He created humankind in his image. And that unites all of us. And not only did he create us in his image, he also created us male and female. Because there's a purpose that he's giving us. Right? He didn't create us just to sit up on the mantle and be fun for him to look at. Right? We're not just a showpiece. No, he created us to do something. And guess what he created us to do? Is to be part of the creative process of God. How amazing is that? That the creator of the universe created us in his own image and then gave us a role to play, right? That we need to continue the creative process, that we need to engage in this world around us, right? That we need to engage in creation and subdue it, right? Like we have a responsibility there. That is so important to your identity. Understanding that God created you in his image and he created you with purpose. And so often we get way too focused on just getting off into the weeds. Well, well, what is that purpose? Does that mean I need to be a policeman? Does that mean I need to be a teacher? Does that mean I need to be... Okay, those are all ways that you can live out your purpose. Those are not your purpose. Right? Those are all circumstantial things. And they're important. And I'm not minimizing them. But I think we have lost our way so much with our identity, we have to just get back to the basics. That your purpose is that to recognize, one, that you are created in the image of God, which is incredible, which means you are loved by God, that he cares about you, that he, he knew what he was doing.
And then that he's called you to go and engage in the world around you. How you do that? He gives a lot of leeway. But you need to be doing it. That's part of your purpose. Right? And that, that we are all created unique. And, uh, and uh, it is vital for us to understand that this is the starting point. And whenever God finished creating on that day, he said, it is very good, which was a difference. Uh, the other days he said, it is good. But when on that day that he created us, he said, it's very good. Right? So that is the starting point that we are all created in his image. And being created in his image is something that is, is really hard to wrap our minds around. Because we immediately, we, we kind of want to go to the tangible thing. So does that mean that we look like God? Does God look like us? No, it, it's so much bigger than that. right? It's, it's that, that God gave us the ability to choose whether to follow the purpose that he has created for us or not. When he, cho- when he created a cow, the cow can't choose whether it's going to do what a cow is supposed to do or not. It just does what a cow is supposed to do. Right? When he cho- created us, we have the ability to kind of choose how we're going to engage in this world. He created us with the ability to actually choose to reject him or not. And that was a huge risk. And we can you know, backseat drive or Monday morning quarterback and say, God, that was a mistake there. <laughs> but no, that's, that's how he wanted it. That's how he desired. Because guess what? God can choose. So he creates us in his image. Right? So he created us with a certain a, a desire and a certain need to, for purpose and meaning, but that is only going to be found in Him. Right? And so if we're looking for that meaning and purpose somewhere else, it's always going to fall a little short. It doesn't mean that we still can't find glimpses of it. You can. But ultimately it comes back to being recognizing that we are made in the image of God. Now, you may say, that's all great. Well, why are things so screwed up? <laughs> right? Well, because life happens and the reality of life happens. And so you go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, verse 2 says, The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and here here is vital to understand, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Okay. We're not going to get into individual sins today. That's a lot of times that's what we focus on in the church. We focus on individual sins, and that's important. We've got to address those things. But but the temptation of Eve, the temptation of Adam and Eve, the temptation of all of us at the root of it is that we are denying that we are created in the image of God 
and we are wanting to take the place of the Creator. That's what it comes down to. Is that um, we the, the the temptation is uh, that uh, the serpent is telling Eve is no God isn't looking out for you. It's it's not that God knows what is best for you. It's that God knows that you really you can become like Him, and He just doesn't want that to happen. Right? And and that is a temptation for all of us. Right? That we want to be in control of our life. We want to be the ones that are making all the decisions. And it's a subtle temptation, and it hits people in different ways. And and it's it's vital for us to understand that. But all of us are tempted with this. And here's the problem. There's not room for more than one God. You may think there is. You may try to function that way, and sometimes you can function for a while that way. But ultimately it breaks down. (laughs) There's been some reality TV shows and I know that this caused a a problem in the Bible and we've seen it in certain uh, uh, religions today. It's it's like I, I tend to believe that there's only room for one wife in the household. You can try. You can try to balance more than one. You can come up with different ways to do that. You can come up with, oh, that we've, we've evolved and there's different, different ways that we can go about having relationships and it's okay to have you know, uh, close relationships with multiple people. And sometimes that can work for a while. I know there was one series that was a reality series that it, it made it look like, oh, this group with four wives and they're, they're all doing well. And then all of a sudden the series is canceled and you realize, eh, didn't work out so well. Shocking. Right now, and we kind of have to laugh, but it also is serious because we do we desire to kind of have it both ways. But what we're doing is that we're deciding, you know what? I want to be on the same playing field as God. Some of us just want to kick God completely out and just say, no, it's just me. There's a lot of people who come to church every Sunday. You you start by looking in the mirror, right? The temptation is that, you know, no, I I like this God that created me, created me in the image of of Him, but you know what? I kind of want to be on a level playing field there. Guess what? That doesn't work ultimately. And if, if that order is not right, you are going to struggle with your identity. You are going to struggle with finding out who you are. You're going to struggle finding your purpose and your meaning in life. Because you've got things out of order. It just doesn't work whenever we run the show. (laughs) We have to acknowledge who is God and that we are not. Now, we are special. That's important to know, too. We are unique. But we are not God. And that is the root of all sinfulness. And then it manifests itself in multiple ways. Right? And, and we, we go and we try to find our identity in our sexual preference. We try to find our identity in our job. We try to find our identity in the size of our bank account. What, whatever it may be, right? All of those are flowing kind of from the same place. So unfortunately, that's the state that we're in. 
We're in the state, not at the beginning, where God created us, He made us in His image, and we are just fulfilling His purpose. No, we're at the state where we have allowed this sinfulness to come in. And, it, you know, you can get into the theological, and you can have lots of theological debates of, you know, when, when sin, or sin enters, are, are people, are they born sinful, or do they become sinful? Here's the re- reality, is we are all sinful. We have all made the decision in one way or the other, that we want to be level with God. And even when we get to that place and where we recognize that we're not, which is part of what coming to a relationship with Christ is, we still struggle with wanting to do that. So this is a constant thing that impacts us for the rest of our life. And that brings us to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So what is God doing? So He created us in His image, then we chose not to accept the, uh, the order of things. And so now what is God doing? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. So from now on, we, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making an appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. So the place that we are at now is that process of becoming a new creation. It's rediscovering, because we have all we live in a fallen world, because all of us are fallen, we are now at that place where we have to rediscover Genesis chapter 1. We have to rediscover what it really means to be made in the image of God. We have to rediscover what it means to live out that purpose that God has given us. All of us are in that same boat. And and we have to get to the place where we recognize, okay, I have made the choice to put myself in God's spot. And so now I need to find some reconciliation because this isn't working. I am still struggling with my identity. I'm struggling with my purpose. That's what it means to to kind of come to that place of repentance and say, okay, enough. I need to be reconciled to God and finding my true identity in Him. And Christ has done that on the cross. He has given that. That is, And and He's called us to then spread that message. But we can be reconciled. We can be made right. And we become a new creation. But we're, it's a continual process. It's a continual growing process. And it's vital that we understand that. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, okay, now you're a new creation. You, you finally started taking that first step. But now we have to start living it out. Right At the very end of that, it says, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
so that we start actually living out life in the way that God called us to. But that first has to come that we we recognize that we need to be reconciled with God. And that's where we get our identity. And then we start struggling and figuring out, okay, what does that mean how I need to live my life? And in the midst of all of this, what we're battling that make it even harder is we battle a worldview that is polar opposite. And even Paul acknowledges it right here. He said, we don't see things the way that we once did through worldly eyes. We live in a world that is constantly telling us that you're perfect just the way you are. And and I know the self-esteem movement and things like that that come from that, you have to be really, really careful with that because it sounds really good and it feels really good. But guess what? You're not perfect just the way you are. You're perfect in that you were created in the image of God. But all of us have fallen short. And so guess what? All of us, none of us are perfect. We all need to work on things in our life. And I find it, it's, it's very dangerous to go down that path where we just try to tell each other what makes us feel good in the moment. It may make you feel good in the moment whenever your life is falling apart for someone to come up to you and say, listen, you've done nothing wrong and everything is, it's just all the circumstances and things like that. That may make someone feel better in the moment, but is it helping long term? No, we need to be able to be reflective and we need to recognize, no, we are flawed. All of us, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter if you've never become a Christian or been a Christian. All of us struggle with putting ourselves in God's place. And we need to look in our lives and we need to find where that is happening. Or we will always struggle with our identity. And we live in a world that is spewing lies at us. And it's all around us. Because not only does it say you're, you're fine just the way you are, then, it's, it, then it tells you all you need is this product or you need this worldview and then everything will be perfect. No, that's garbage. There's a quote says, you yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. That's from Buddha. It's a teaching from a Buddhist teaching. Now, listen to that again. You yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. That is a masterful manipulation of language. Because you do deserve to be loved. You need to love yourself as well. That is important. But guess what? If you are the the top of the chain in the universe, that is only going to lead to destruction. That is a lie that leads to misery. And it leads to anxiety. (laughs) And it leads to hopelessness. Because it doesn't work. And we, we live in a place that we don't want to acknowledge that. And that is one of the reasons we're seeing so much struggle with identity, 
And the, the, the most recent one is, is the, the gender identity push. At the root of that is because as a society, we have lost where the foundation of our identity comes from. And as, as Christians, we have to start there. We have to make sure we understand who we are in Christ, that we are not perfect, that we all need to be worked on, that guess what? It probably is your fault. <laughs> whatever you're going through, whatever challenges you face, there are circumstances that are beyond your control. But guess what? You have a part to play in it. The way that you've handled it, the way that you've responded to it. Right? We have to take responsibility in that. And, and I know that's uncomfortable because I don't like doing that myself. But part of the reason that we don't like to take responsibility is because we don't understand our identity and where it comes from. Because guess what? The God who created you in his image knows that you have chosen to go your own way, but he's there working to reconcile you anyway. He wants to bring you back to that right order of things. So you no longer have to live with hopelessness and and overwhelmed by anxiety and overwhelmed by depression I encourage you, find that identity in Christ and in Christ alone. And then let's be about the ministry of reconciliation, which is sharing with the world around us. This is where it has to start. It has to start with recognizing that God is creator and that he created each one of us in his image. And he is the one who loves us. And he loves us enough to call us to become new creations, (laughs) to change the direction that we've been going and to begin living our life in the way that he has called us to live. Let's go to him in prayer.